You're listening to Sibling Talk with Mary Jo Tumare and John Paulette. Commentary from a progressive point of view. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. Mary, neither one of us uh, care much for Fox. Neither one of us like Fox News at all. Yeah. I didn't even watch <laughs> Yeah, but I think we both agreed, even before this past weekend, that Chris Wallace was a pretty reputable journalist. And I'll tell you the truth. I think the interview that he showed yesterday, did it on Friday uh, with Donald Trump, may be shown in journalism schools at some point on how to handle a professional interview that includes fact-checking, Frankly, an interview that I don't think's ever been done with Donald Trump. What do you think? I agree. I, I think a couple of things. One is he had the gift of time, right? Because it was a long interview and you had the sense that that was part of the agreement, that he was going to give Donald Trump the opportunity he needed to speak. But it was also, from Wallace's point of view, um, he had all the opportunity to do follow-up and ask questions. The other piece that was really impressive, and I didn't see all of it, so I have to kind of cop to that, but is he was so well-prepared. Incredible. And that is, you know, back to your, you know, master class in journalism. Sometimes I think journalists do not do that. And yeah. the lesson of all professionals is, uh, you have to be prepared. So there really wasn't anything that he, including having the cognitive test and having yep. read and reviewed the cognitive test. So that was super impressive. And then the final piece is how affable he was, for lack of a better way to describe it. So he never seemed highly confrontational, even when he was really holding from speech to the yeah. body. He, he was never being Jim Acosta. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Exactly. And I, you know, what struck me at one point, I did watch every minute of it uh, because I, I don't know if I've mentioned on the podcast before I had foot surgery. So I've been a little hobbled. So I had time to sit and watch the, uh, the entire thing. It's a little tough to get through, through all of that, but it struck me at one point that he was being a great ju uh, journalist. He was almost being a little, lawyerly and i mean that in a very good sense of things that would be important the charter between biden and sanders he had read it and he had read it well enough that he knew for certain he could say no the charter does not say it. go ahead check it out it does not not say it. now that's not only having your papers ready that's real preparation and i what I mean by lawyerly is I think that's what we would expect out of a lawyer is to know the case that well. Uh, am I on the right track there? Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I mean, he, um, you know, as lawyers do, they, they do know the case. They usually don't ask a question they don't already know the answer to. I mean, people have probably heard that if you've watched any TV shows about lawyers. Uh, so he knew what Trump was going to do because Trump can't help himself, but he also knew 
to get the interview right, that he had to take on some of those issues. And I'm, it's kind of like Nixon going to China. I don't think anybody could have done that as effectively as an, a Fox News journalist. I agree Wallace with you. Is the straightest journalist they have, partly because that was played on Fox News. Mm-hmm. So as I watched it, that's that's the Trump I know and love. You know, this guy who makes stuff up and is just a total goofball. But I wondered how Fox News um, watchers, loyalists, thought about that interview. Because you can't say that um, that it's fake news, although Trump did accuse Wallace of that at one point. Well, and interestingly, Wallace is one of the first guys I've ever said who said directly to him, I am not fake news. I know. I thought that was so great. He like went right back at him. But if yep. I were like, I'm not talking about a hardcore Trump supporter because I get the the lens that they see everything in. But if I was somebody who was questioning, to use that, you know, keyword, I might have watched that and thought, wow, he sounds really stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Very never, ever good. The other thing I thought, I was listening to some of it. I wasn't watching it. And all I could see was that comedian, what's her name, Sarah, forget her last name, that young black comedian. Oh, the one who does the uh, uh, lip reading kind yeah, of thing. On TikTok. And yeah. I thought all I could see was her face. I and know. I thought, wow, that is bad for Trump because, you know, all politicians, people in the public eye have these jump the shark moments. Yeah. And from someone like me who's like doesn't go on social media, doesn't, isn't that tuned into that stuff and that all I can see is her face. I don't think that was good for him. And in fact, um, Nicole Wallace, speak of another Wallace, was saying today as she watched it, all she could think of was Katie Couric's interview of her candidate, which was Sarah Palin, and how Couric had owned Sarah Palin. And she said Chris Wallace owned Trump. Absolutely. And, you know, there was one thing uh, that stayed with me personally a little bit. I mean, all of it's so crazy. You know, him saying, uh, why we sh- why should we give any credibility to you? And Trump saying, because I'm right more often than anybody else. I mean, some of that is like howler laughing. And one that I guess seems funny, but I'm not sure it seems funny to you and me, is all this talk about the cognitive test right uh, your and my mom and dad uh both suffered from various forms of alzheimer's and and dementia it's in our family our family for whatever reason doesn't seem to die of cancer i say that and i'll curse it but but dementia and alzheimer's is there so this is kind of serious stuff and to see the test which i've taken Every year for oh, maybe the last four years, because I have a personal concern, I go right on my birthday, right around that time, and I take the cognitive test. I know exactly what it is. To see it turned into what felt to me like a parlor game or something by Donald Trump, I think's offensive. Hey, am I being too sensitive on this? Well, I, I don't know. If, I didn't really look at it that way. I thought to myself, why are you competing on this? <laughs> you know, 
I mean, Competing. I sat there multiple times when my mom took that test and then progressively year after year could not take the test. So it's a very, very sad thing to watch yeah. someone who was as bright and clever as our mom not be able to answer their questions. You know, a question I always ask her, and they haven't mentioned this, so maybe they don't do that when they're trying to get time and place, like, do you know what day it is? Do you know where you're at? And they would always ask the question, do you know who the president of the United States is? Yeah. I was thinking, I hope they asked him that question. Yeah. <laughs> but it was always a funny question to ask because our mom was like, very tuned in to politics. She wasn't like crazy like us, but yeah. she always liked to know what was going on. And she would answer the question like Barack Obama. And yeah. it always made me laugh. <laughs> so um, I think that, um, so I guess I took it a little bit of a different way, which, you know, when he was going, oh, well, you know, it was easy except the last five questions. And I, I thought Chris Wallace was awesome because yep. not really difficult yeah and counting back from a hundred by seven you know any person with good cognition can do that you might have to stop and think about it a little bit yeah do it and the fact that trump thought that was difficult well i suppose we should all be concerned <laughs> well i guess and, and that that did jump at me at that moment i i thought that almost sounded to me like an older person. I can say that because I'm 70 now. I'm an older person. But like somebody coming out and saying, oh, the test was easy. But, you know, the last five questions, they were kind of hard. You know, maybe it does point to something we've all been wondering around. Is there a cognitive problem with the president? Uh you or know? is he just dumb, John? Because yeah. you can imagine like kind of a dumb person going, well, that's a trick question. They made me say the alphabet backwards. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, and, you know, actually, Al Sharpton this morning said that was funny. He goes, I don't know. I listened to that. And I thought about when you go to a nursing home and there's kind of an old guy with some cognitive issues and just the way he was talking like, yeah, I took that test and I, I knew that elephant right away. <laughs> yep. I, I got it. I Actually. The doctors all said to me, they never saw anybody do anything yeah. like that. Oh, wait a minute. That, that's what the president actually said. Exactly <laughs> he so is crazy. the crazy old guy. But, you know, the other part of that whole interview that was really troubling and all of us should take note of is when he would not agree to accept the results of the election. Yes. And you know, this morning, my husband and I were talking, he goes, so what happens if he doesn't? I'm like, I don't know. It's never happened. I mean, I guess the military gets involved or the, you know, who does the the eviction. But it's it's like we cannot even wrap our American minds around that question. No. And, and there's two possible scenarios there that I want to hit on real loudly. I mean, the one is kind of the crazy Donald Trump theory that the election is done. The Electoral College votes him out. Everything is done. And he just won't leave. And somebody's got to go in and pick it up. I mean, we can't wrap our head around that. But there's a scarier and more dangerous one. Because there are still so many Trump loyalists in key positions. And so let's say there are three states 
that are the key that would turn the electoral college. And they are ones with his loyalists. And he instructs his guy, you know what? There was a lot of fraud in your election. Do not certify those results. And they refused to certify the results. I think if I understand it right, the state legislature can then select the set of electors that they're going to send. What is it? What if this all ties up and we come down all the mess? I won't belabor it now. We come down to the House of Representatives, which is not done by the number of representatives, but by state. And if you take the, I hope I can say this well, you take each state and the electors in that or the representatives in that then vote, okay, no, we're going to vote for Donald Trump. I think there's a potential he steals the election that way. I've not explained that perfectly, and I'll be happy to do that on another another episode. But I think both of those are, are possible. The well, we crazy- will be talking about that because then you get the courts involved, and it's such a wild card to go back to the Supreme Court. I mean, this is a movie we have seen before, not Absolutely. as crazy of a way to get there. But but know, it happened, and it, it happened happen. then, and crazier things have happened in, in the last couple couple of years. So let's just keep going crazy. I saw an article today, I think in the Atlantic, that said the possibility exists a second virus could turn into a pandemic on top of this first pandemic. And I say, what the hell? <laughs> you know? Let's get as much crazy as we possibly can. Oh, my Lord. I think I'll never leave my house again. (laughs) I think so. All right. Try and have a really lovely evening. You too. Bye-bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. The theme song from Sibling Talk was written by David Paulette.